We try not to be all infomercial centric here at the Collect This Podcast, powered by CSG, but sometimes stuff happens. And right now, stuff is happening, and that stuff is of the goat variety. And sometimes when goat stuff is in the mix, you gotta go infomercial. But having said that, it'll be by far the funnest infomercial ever because it is all about one of sports card collectors' favorite goats, Mickey Mantle. Specifically, a Mickey Mantle card, even more specifically, a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card. You see, CSG just gave a grade of 8 to a Mantle 1952 Topps, which means that card has an approximate value of, wait for it, wait for it, 1.5 million clams, woo, making it the most valuable card to make its way into the CSG grading room. Now, we know that Mantle is a baseball goat, and we know that the 52 Topps is a hobby goat, but we might not know exactly why. The good news is that after hearing the upcoming roundtable discussion with three experts who know almost everything there is to know about Mantle and Mantle cards, you will be 100% ready to collect this. Welcome to Collect This, powered by CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. Here's your host, Alan Goldscher. All right, so Mickey Mantle, right? Obviously an amazing baseball player, an amazing everything. Uh, But he's also known for his wilder behavior, okay? One story that I always think of when I think of Mickey Mantle is is comes from what I believe is the greatest sports book of all time, uh, Ball Four by Jim Bouton. And this paragraph just always sticks with me, right? And I want to read it here for you today. Here we go. Um, I remember one time Mickey had been injured and didn't expect to play, and I guess he got himself smashed. The next day he looked hungover out of his mind and was sent up to pinch hit. He could hardly see, so he staggered up to the plate and hit a tremendous drive to left field for a home run. When he came back into the dugout, everybody shook his hand and leaped all over him, and all the time he was getting a standing ovation from the crowd. He squinted out the stance and said, those people don't know how tough that really was. And to me, that is mantle in a T right there. The the magic, but the the behavior and the mystique, it's just everything all wrapped up into one. Uh, so I have Andy Brew, my esteemed colleague at uh, CSG Greater Extraordinary and the host of the soon-to-be-dropped podcast, Broom with a View. Uh, I have Simeon Littman, uh, appraiser extraordinary. You have undoubtedly seen him on Antiques Roadshow. And David Seidemann, former writer for Forbes. And uh, he's got a book that he wrote about uh, Mickey Mantle in the hobby that's some day I hope we all get to read you know what let's go around the room and talk about your favorite thing about Mantle minus the 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 hangover home run uh Andy what's yours (laughs) well you know I mean yeah you gotta love the stories they're so crazy his presence both you know on the field and off the field you know will always be legendary and and, you know growing up you you hear I didn't get to see Mantle play but you know growing up especially getting into cards you know you, you learn about Mickey Mantle and this mystique and this legend you know but uh a cool story. It actually relates to me. You know, I, I had this image built up of Mantle as I was a young kid and, and you know, becoming a teenager. And so I, I went to the 1992 National in Atlanta and Mantle was one of the, the signers there. Oh, wow. And uh, which is funny, it was either twenty five or thirty five dollars, and then at the time I'm like, who the hell's going to pay that much for an autograph? <laughs> right? Because you can get him anytime. Somebody's just crazy. 
so I, I was standing there, you know, he's sitting at this this uh, this little folding table there in the in the area where the autograph guests were, and he had a handler with him, and uh, there was a you know a line for autographs, and so I I just walked up beside the table and and walked right up to him, and, and I said, uh, hey, Mr. Mantle, I'm I'm not actually getting autograph. I just want to shake your hand. And he, he finished signing the item he had in his hand, set it down, turned around, stuck his hand out, said, nice to meet you. And I was, and it's just like, wow, this guy, you know, you hear all these great stories, but he, he you know, we talked for just a couple minutes and, uh, but it was really cool. It's like, wow, the, you know, you hear all these, these crazy stories and everything, but uh, you know, in, in person, he, he was a nice guy. I have worked with um, multiple celebrities and I've seen the way they interact with the public. And one thing I do admire so, so much is the ones that do remember you're going to remember this encounter for the rest of your life. They are not. And when someone does treats you, Andy, with the respect that Mickey Mantle does and the, and the kindness, you're going to remember that. Mickey's not going to remember it, right? But that one moment <laughs> sticks with you forever and ever. And I think that's really special. Uh, David, what is your, what, what speaks to you when I say Mickey Mantle? What's the, the sweet spot? What's the magic that you feel? Well, I think he's the first, uh, one of the first sports TV heroes mm. uh, in the 50s and 60s. And you have to remember that he, the Yankees were on Game of the Week every week. They were in almost every World Series. And Mantle was there and excelling on the biggest stage of all, the World Series, the Ball Classic. And still holds the record after all these years of 18 home runs in the mm. World Series. Mm. So... He's the first national sports TV star, and I think that's really a big source of his fame. I know Simeon's talked a lot about this, too, but he was like the Elvis of, of sports. Simeon, what do you got, man? What's your, what's your uh, mantle magic? Well, you know, I, I was, you know, same as Andy. I didn't get to see, obviously, Mantle play. He retired, you know, well before I was born, so... I kind of grew up during the whole uh, mystique of Mantle as like this kind of baseball god, mm -hmm. uh, if you will, a living baseball god. And, you know, I, I grew up in and around uh, New York City, so there was Mickey Mantle's restaurant, which uh, was uh, on Central Park South, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you could go there, and, and this is, and I went there a hundred times, but I never got to see him there, but supposedly, and I heard this from a lot of people, he would sit at the bar and he'd get loaded uh, <laughs> and and you know if you're a pretty lady he'd really be happy oh my to see God. you but he'd, he'd he'd talk to anybody and he'd sign autographs for everybody he uh i mean i've seen some crazy crazy stuff that's 100 percent real that he signed um you know he had a he had a tremendous sense of humor um you know and and uh when i was a kid uh, i i used to listen to this audio book called uh, the mick by herb gluck it's a really good uh really good kind of biography of, of mickey mantle that he he kind of participated in and it kind of it kind of helped kind of build the legend if you will but uh it, it was such a funny book and it, it made me laugh there were so many funny little little anecdotes um you know him and billy martin and whitey ford and yeah it just he just seemed like a great guy and uh so kind of growing up i had a very warm uh feeling toward mantle and of course you know starting to collect cards and stuff uh, and obviously moving towards what we're talking about today the the 52 mantle card 
you know, by the 1980s had already become this iconic uh, trading card, perhaps the most next to Wagner yeah. um, uh, at that point. So uh, it was kind of like a legendary thing. I, I, I think I once saw one at a card show and I just was blown away by it. And so, you know, he, he's just the name itself. Mickey Mantle is so ingrained in everybody's minds. And it's just so instantly recognizable. Um, so all that kind of factored in. So, I mean, you referred to his sense of humor. I'm going to pull out two more quick stories from ball four. Uh, one of them, he and Whitey Ford were like the pranksters of the Yankees. And they, they invited, uh, Bouton and Joe Pepitone out to dinner one night in Detroit. There's like, meet us there, take a cab. It's going to be great. Here's the address it's called the flame. One of the best restaurants in the city. So they take the cab out there and it takes them to basically the, ra the raunchiest neighborhood, the scariest neighborhood in the city. And it's this like beat up, uh, uh, basically burnt down place called the flame. No restaurant, just a sign that said the flame. So props to Mickey on that one. But and, and from the kindness side, uh, when Bouton won his uh, first game, which was this like shutout where he walked like 12 people or something ridiculous like that, uh, the team had had put a little trail of towels to his locker as sort of a way to go. And as Bouton walked into the locker room, Mantle laid down the last towel. And I thought that was really sweet. Andy, there is a reason we are doing this. I touched on it in the intro. Elaborate, please. What's going on over at CSG and how excited are we? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a very exciting. Uh, if you're a card collector or, or card grader like myself, uh, we just had the unique opportunity to to grade two really nice uh, 1952 tops mantles. Um, one graded a four five, which uh, is a technical grade. It's really based on the centering is the worst flaw on it. Um, you know, it's a it's a good looking card. It's got some it's a little bit of service issues, but the exciting thing is uh, its companion uh, is a beautiful beautiful card uh, and in my opinion uh the the nicest surface of a 52 mantle i've ever seen or graded wow. Wow. um but it graded an eight so it is the uh the highest graded 52 mantle that we have graded so far in our nearly two-year existence and uh and and the most valuable card in march of 2021 it was announced that approximately six months prior Collector and entrepreneur Rob Goh bought a high-graded Mantle 52 Tops card for a then-record $5.2 million. I spoke with Rob a few days after the news about his purchase hit the streets, and keep your ears peeled for when he mentions how much he paid for a Mantle with a grade of 8 a few years back. It turned out it was a damn good investment. When I started collecting again, you know, it brought back that, that excitement of, of being a kid. And my mother sent me all my old cards and you know in that there was a um, one of those big screw down cases of the 1952 tops mickey mantle and uh and it brought back that you know it was it was a reprint and it just brought back that even as a kid that was the most iconic card and you know i was buying all these other cards but i, I wasn't chasing the ones that as a kid i i thought were the best so i bought that card and then i just kept buying the better one so then i bought a six I think that one was around 78,000. So basically I bought a four, a five, then a six, and then I bought the eight for, you know, maybe like 400 grand. I bought that the same day, two different auctions, but the same day I bought a Babe Ruth rookie 1916 Sporting News. I think it was like a million dollar a day. Uh, let's have some context to the eight. 
Uh, 10 is obviously the Holy Grail. Nine is pretty darn good. Eight is really, really darn good, too. You cannot diminish the importance of an eight just because it's not a 10, right? Um, What is an eight as compared to a 10, physically speaking, in this instance? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about 52 tops, right? I mean, an eight in in modern card terms, this is this is nearly a gem mint card. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, to, to find a, a high number 52 that that's worthy of an eight is it, it, whatever card it is, not just the mantle. That's, that's a tough that's a tough card to find. You you've got your your production issues like centering, of course, mm-hmm. but just the preservation of a card, uh, you know, just keeping it for for 70 plus years and and having that. You know, in, the, in this condition, it's just, you know, we, we know about the, the Mr. Mint find, you know, where this was 75 or so uh, mantles that came out of that. And they're just absolutely beautiful. And that actually, you know, this card in particular actually reminds me of that find, you know, seeing some of those before and then seeing this card surface, mm-hmm. seeing it out of the holder. And, and it's just it's it's immaculate. It's absolutely beautiful. And, uh, you know, and this card could have come from that find. We don't have the provenance to, to say that. Right. I mean, we don't know that's where it came from. But. But you know, if you if you see enough fifty-two tops, and you see enough fifty-two mantles, you 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 tend to have a pretty good gut feeling where you know certain cards may come from, and um, you know, and unfortunately, the the the, the it's a technical grade. Uh, it's an eight. The centering, it's got a diamond cut to it, which is unfortunate. But you know, if the centering was just a little bit nicer, we'd be talking about an, uh, an even higher grade for mm-hmm. this card. Uh, Andy, it's sort of a metaphysical and spiritual question about grading in general. Uh, you've seen some amazing cards. You've seen some ridiculous valuable cards when you come across the 52 mantle and i can't stress enough how important it is to collectors uh do you kind of get the tingles or is it just like wow that's a nice card you know it's funny i was actually uh, I, I was on with somebody uh uh yesterday in in a similar topic not about the mantle but you know like to, to be to be blunt about it you grade cards long enough and and Simeon, you can probably speak to this too you do get a little jaded right i mean we've seen a lot of stuff and and uh you know some stuff that that people would go crazy over like yeah it's nice yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen it you know and, and the 52 mantle it's one of the most counterfeited cards you know so mm. when you see one and you get a real one coming in uh, alongside some of the fakes. It's nice to see, but you know when you see uh, a 52 mantle and you see, and even at the four or five level, you know you're looking at it going, all right, all right, but this this is nice. That this is I want to sit back and enjoy this because this is this is what it's about, you know. I like I like that as a collector. That's got to be somewhat comforting in the sense that if you send something to Andy Broom, who has been doing this for a million, billion, jillion years, uh, you're not going to get a guy who's wide eyed and and blown away by a card. You're going to get a guy who's looking at it critically and uh, objectively. And uh, that's, I think, uh, part of the reason why. Uh, I love working at this company. David, we're going to turn it over to you here. Uh, the 52 Tops, there is a a backstory. There's a myth to it. Uh, people might know little bits and pieces of it, but go ahead and give us the blow by blow. You, This is your jam. Go take the mic and, and take your time. Sure. The 52 Tops was the first, is the most popular set in history next to the T206, which is a 1910 uh, tobacco cards uh, 1909 to 1911 with the honus wagner and it was the first big size card and tops was in a war uh, a war with bowman at the time for supremacy and the bowman were little size cards and and uh artistic renderings and tops came out blew them away with an oversized card 
that had a colorized photo. And so that the kids just gravitated toward the 52 tops. Now, the mantle has its own mystique. It was, uh, strangely enough, it, it, its rarity, it's, it was double, actually double printed, meaning there were two on every sheet. But it was still rare because at the end of the season, the tops had an access inventory of the, it was a high number card, which came out late in the season. So kids' attention had already shifted to football. So um, tops was left for the whole load of these in their Brooklyn warehouse. And they tried to give them, uh, sell them at discount. And they're reduced to selling them to three, four penny, the 52 high number tops to carnivals to put in those uh, vending machines. And by the late 50s, they just completely given up and they proceeded to put them on a barge and dump them in the Atlantic. So you have this make them the 50 is especially rare. And that's why that Mr. Mint find in the 80s was so phenomenal that they actually had a complete sealed box of these um uh that uh had never been opened an open case but simeon is who's one of the smartest guys in the hobby alluded to this in an earlier broadcast i had done research for it wasn't a book but it's a long book proposal which i'm happy to share with you mm. and it, i did sell it but not for enough to uh to proceed but at any rate one of the interesting things is i got a collection of of of, of hobby catalogs the card collectors company which was a company by woody gelman who worked for tops who was the art director of tops and in the 60s actually the top the mantle did not get a premium as a card in the 60s and early 70s because it kind of followed the trajectory of Mantle's career, which had really fizzled by the, it's due to injuries and all. He was the second, and, and, and Willie Mays was still playing and hitting home runs, and Hank Aaron was still hitting home runs. And you could buy the Mantle as a common card from uh, <laughs> for, for like 50 cents in the 60s and 70s. People don't realize this. And it wasn't until. The research is on. I, I in my in my book proposal, it's it's the whole nostalgia factor of the seventies, American graffiti, Happy Days, Greece, and you have this revival of the fifties, and that coincided with Mickey Mantle's revival, all that nostalgia, and then people took a lot more, started looking at the fifties, and the greatest player of the fifties was Mickey Mantle, and then he started doing card shows. And then by the 80s, as Simeon was saying, by the early 80s, then the card just skyrocketed and was up to $1,200. And it's funny, I've been going to the National now for seven straight years, starting with four, seven, seven years. And every year he said, you know, I really should break out my retirement fund and buy one of those. And it's like 20000 40000 And every year I regret it. but. It only goes up. Simeon, you are uh, an esteet, right? You you collect all kinds of stuff, not necessarily because of value, because of look and feel. Um, the mantle card, it, people look at it, I believe, first and foremost, as an investment and a collectible item. And it's oftentimes lost in the shuffle. How beautiful the card is. It's like a piece of art, right? 
It's absolutely a piece of art. And it's funny, you know, um, I worked with a guy at Christie's many years ago, old hobby people who remember him. His name is Don Flanagan, and he'd been around forever um, organizing auctions and things like that. But one of the things Don told me, uh, just alludes to what, what David was saying, was he was 11 years old in 1952. And he remembered clearly when the tops cards came out and how much better they were compared to the Bowman cards. Mm -hmm. How it literally blew all the kids' minds that <laughs> they literally just stopped collecting Bowman cards and only collected tops cards because they were so big and so bold and the colors were so beautiful. And, and it goes to that mantle card, that, you know, that aqua blue and that yellow bat. I mean, it's just, it, it, you know, the colors, the juxtaposition of the colors. I mean, you could see almost like a Andy Warhol doing a screen print <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a few yeah, years later. Yeah. It's very similar uh, using those types of colors and things. So yeah, the card itself is beautiful. It's got that young, he, he's great looking. He looks like an Adonis on that card. Yeah. And uh, and it, it's, it's just, it evokes um, a lot of emotions, obviously nostalgia being one of them, but aesthetically, it's just a gorgeous card, and, and it's a beautiful, beautiful work of art as far as card design. You know, you don't get much better than that. Um, so, yeah, I think that definitely has something to do with it. If this was kind of, I mean, you look at some of his other cards, and they're great, but, boy, this one just jumps out at you. And when they're nice, and when they look, I mean, and they're bright and bold, I mean, it, it I mean, it really, there, there's something very special about the aesthetics of the card itself. Andy, you have seen a million, billion, jillion cards, as noted. Um, is that one, does it pop, right, compared to some of the other cards that pop from that era? No doubt. I mean, uh, you know, Cyberger and, and, and Woody Gelman, I mean, those guys were, were geniuses. I mean, they, hmm. how do you... It's like the 89 Upper Deck Griffey. Not that it's on the same level, but I mean, you know, that the forethought of let's make this card number one, let's do this iconic, uh, you know, bust photo of him smiling. Same with Mantle. I mean, how would you predict one of the most, to become one of the most famous, most iconic cards, and it has this pose on it that's unlike any other pose in the set? Yeah. I mean, really, it was. It's it, and it's uh, it's just amazing, you know. It's amazing that uh, the, this look of it. But you know, you, you, any of them are great to see. Any of fifty-two tops mantles great to see. A one, a two, authentic. You know that we actually have one in our holder that's a uh, authentic altered. It uh, the borders are cut off. It's got holes punched through it, and it recently sold online. But but you know when you you start getting up into the mid grades, right? That's when you're starting to see this color and this gloss that's that's supposed to be there then you start getting up into the you know above near mint the eights and even higher it's just it it's it's <laughs> i don't know this is i don't know it might sound corny but it's almost magical i mean you look at this card and it's just it's absolutely beautiful that somebody it looks like somebody sat down and painted this thing Rob Goh cited the card's beauty as one of the reasons he did not accept an $8 million offer for it, an offer that would have netted him a 45% return on investment. It sounds good to say, yeah, I'm going to sell it, you know, you know, that first week, you know, I got an offer for $8 million. I got two offers that week. One was eight. But, you know, it's it sounds good, you know, in your head, in theory, you're like, hey, that's a great, you know, that's a great move. You just made, you know, 2.8 million bucks and, uh, you know, good job. 
uh, in a short period of time. But, you know, when you have that card in your possession and you look at the history of it and you look at how rare it is, you know, there's a lot of $25 million homes you can buy. So if someone offers you some stupid number for your home and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'll take it because there's plenty more to go do that. But when it's something so rare and it is a piece of art where it's just so beautiful from a vibrant colors wise and just the picture and everything, it's a lot more difficult to get it out of your hands. And I guess I didn't realize that until you own it. Um, because you start to think irrationally. I mean, it's irrational not to take an $8 million you know, offer you know, a few days after you announce your acquisition. I think I'm just going to hold it forever. David, we talked about the fact that it kind of trumps all the other mantle cards. What are some of the other ones that are kind of just beautiful from an aesthetic standpoint? Uh, I love the 53 Bowman. I don't know if, if Simeon and Andy agree with me, but that is the pure color. It's kind of, It may have been an Aussie sweet photo. But it's it's got no design. It's just a pure Kodachrome color mantle. Um, I like the sixty, which was the last horizontal tops with a little black and white photo and a, a color photo of him. I mean, he didn't have any bad cards. Uh, the fifty-one Bowman rookie is is a wonderful classic pose, batting pose too. Too those are and the fifty-three tops was the tops last artistic illustration of a card is just a great portrait but i don't think he had a bad card i even love the 55 bowman tv card simeon you're a pop culture guy right you don't just collect sports you collect movies music uh, just all kinds of stuff your collection's amazing um so i think you have the, the a really good bird's eye view of the pop culture aspect of both mantle and this card talk about mantle and i think this speaks to why he transcends uh even today about his place in pop culture and why people are so still gaga over the guy well i think and we, we talked about it a little earlier but you know he was the athlete of the 1950s he was the the first great television um baseball athlete that was kind of blown out all over the country um mm -hmm. Uh, he, he looked the part, the guy looked like a movie star that helps, um, his name, obviously, uh, you know, incredible. And, and just to think he was named after a baseball player, he's named after Mickey Cochran. So, I mean, he was mm -hmm. born to do it. Right. Um, but I think, you know, he was the all American kid in New York city, the greatest city in the world at the time, you know, it was, I think it was just a, a confluence of, of all these amazing things happening, uh, you know, post-war Eisenhower years, he's the hero. And, and so, you know, just, just as a, as a, as a focus of, of people's kind of adoration, he's always at the top there. And I think a lot, a lot of it has to do with the way he looked. He just looked great in a baseball uniform. He had these Popeye arms, you know, that, and, and he hit long <laughs> home runs and, and, you know, that, that works. It still works, you know? Chicks dig the long ball. Yeah, they do. They do. And, and, and everybody, you know, <laughs> you know, you either you, you wanted to be like him. You wanted to know him. You wanted to be his pal. Uh, you know, it, so it, there's a lot going for him that way. But I think now, you know, 
50, 60, 70 years later, you know, you look back on it and uh, his whole story, you know, and, 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 and you know, the, the fact that he was injured most of the time, he, you know, he could have been even greater than he was, much greater mm-hmm. than he was. Yeah. And, and, you know, all these books have been written about him now. And, and of course, his end, which was sad. And, and uh, uh, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into this uh, as far as as far as people thinking about Mantle and, and, and what it evokes. But what's what's interesting to me about the card in and of itself you know, because of the aesthetics, because of the fact that it's it's the great post-war card that everybody wants um, to this day. I think, you know, in movies, for instance, there's an Albert Brooks movie called Mother, which I saw. And uh, in that movie, uh, his brother, Albert Brooks' brother, uh, who's doing very well for himself, buys himself a 52 Played by Rob Morrow. Yeah, by Rob Morrow. Buys himself (laughs) a 52 male. It's like a part of the story. So you got to imagine, I mean, how many cards would immediately translate where people understand why this is important. It's one of the very, very few cards. In fact, when I saw that movie, I was really surprised. I was like, wow, that it's transcended just card collecting, you know? And, uh, and what's really interesting now with all that's going on, everything, all the, the focus on the new cards and, and, you know, modern grails and all this and that, what's been ascending the 52 tops mantle. And and I think that that's just a pure reaction to people's looking at everything that's been made and being like, wow, that really is the masterpiece. It, it's the best card there is, and uh, there are so few of them out there. And and as Andy said, when when they look good, I mean, it's magic. Um, but before I turn it over to David, who's going to talk about uh, what Mantle did on the field, I think that I should get points for pulling Rob Morrow out of the air. <laughs> well, hey, nice. I'm impressed. We just met Rob Morrow in Los Angeles. Oh. <laughs> We're going off on a Rob Morrow tangent here. Um, okay, David, Mantle was amazing on the field. I don't. I mean, the closest comp, the closest modern comp is Mike Trout. Um, I uh, unfortunately there are a lot of injury parallels between the two of them. Uh, Trout just doesn't stay on the field enough to, for my for my satisfaction. Uh, but he was definitely a one of a kind. The speed, the feel. He was a, he was the ultimate five tool player, exactly. right? Go deep, take a deep dive into Mantle's uh, on field awesomeness. Well, all you need to know is that he's the gold standard and the reference point. And whenever some phenom comes up, they'll say like Bryce Harper is the next Mickey Mantle or mm-hmm, Mike Trout mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. today's Mickey Mantle, and that's all he is. He's he's the gold standard. He is. He's absolutely a five tool player. He won a Gold Glove. He could throw, run like a deer. Uh, he he could uh, hit mighty shots. He had some of the greatest power, lefty and righty. He was a switch hitter, and, and he 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 could do it all. But one of the other little known facts is there is a, a this is really getting micro, but uh, Dairy Queen did a, a set of little figurines in the mid fifties, like in fifty five or fifty six. <laughs> And what's interesting is they did about 40 players, and the Mickey Mantle figurine is of him drag bunting. And, uh, <laughs> of all the poses, yeah. a drag bunt. <laughs> he was a great drag bunter, and I don't know how Of course often, he was. <laughs> they didn't do all those statistics back then. I don't know how often he did it, but apparently if you needed uh, him to get on base, he could do that. He was a fantastic bunter, too. On top of everything, everyone knows about his five tools, but did you know he was a great bunter, too? So, Unbelievable. Um, yeah. 
the 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 thing about his speed uh is you can't really you know i've I've gone down the mantle highlight rabbit hole and because of the quality or lack thereof of the 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 film that's available you can't tell how fast he was i've read enough to know that he was like ridiculously fast like nobody timed his 40 at that point but I mean, I gathering that it was in the fours, like it was like a like a high four forty. And he was the all American guy too. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think a big part of his mystique. This is away from the ball field, that he was the, the Jack Armstrong figure, of the radio of the all American guy. And he came mm-hmm. the humble story from rags to riches, from a crummy coal mining town in Oklahoma to the top of New York society and the top of the nation. And it's such a classic American archetype. Andy, let's, uh, let's roll up our sleeves and get dirty here. Mickey Mantle cards, memorabilia, etc. Everything Mantle, right? Graders and appraisers. You two see me get super excited when anything comes up because this could be the one. Who knows? Talk to me about grading mantle in general, not just the 52, but like the whole mantle. Oeuvre. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we, we're sitting here talking about the greatness of mantle and, and in terms of grading, it's, it's actually one of his detriments because, uh, you know, I would say that any mantle card is, is one of the top, uh, candidates for being altered and counterfeited. Uh, mm. That's the highest percentage of, of cards altered. It seems like they, they happen to be Mickey Mantle, you know, career era cards, uh, and, and it's just you know it's the supply and demand. Everybody wants a, a piece of it. Everybody wants a Mantle card, and so you know there there's a lot of money at stake in altering, uh, you know, cards and and also counterfeiting them. Um, before I let you guys go, Mantle is n- ain't going anywhere in the hobby, right? Give me a bold prediction. Can anything beyond happen beyond what we're seeing right now? We'll start with you, Simeon. I think you're seeing it. I think you're seeing, um, you know, the prices escalating, you know, as demand, uh, as, as demand for sports memorabilia, sports cards in general, as a, uh, asset class in and of itself, uh, where now you yeah. have investors looking, I think, you know, Mantle's always been, you know, you know, blue chip and it's only going to continue. I think the 52 Mantle, you know, being the most important post-war card without question, uh, is going to continue to rise in value. I, I feel for David, I I used to think the same thing. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get a 52 man, I'm gonna do it. This is the year. And then I'm like, oh, it's too expensive. <laughs> Forget it now. I mean, now it's just it's crazy uh how much these things yeah. are going for. You know, I, I saw two at the uh at the national. And uh, but it was a gorgeous too. It had a little tape stain on the back, but the thing was absolutely beautiful. And I recommended a friend of mine uh, pick it up, and he did. And he's really happy he did because it's probably worth you know almost double what he paid for it now, uh, and that's only a few months. So you know it's 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 going to continue to rise in value. I, I think we're going to start seeing mantle cards. Uh, forget about the twelve. I think we're going to start seeing them push even higher. Uh, 15, 20, a million I'm talking about uh, for the very high grade examples. Uh, if a 10 ever came up, I wouldn't be surprised if it sold for 50 million. And, and that's, uh, I think it could happen, um, you know, because this is the very, very pinnacle of the market. 50 million. That is bold, my friend. David, any bold predictions uh, for the mix? Well, Simeon just stole my thunder, but I was. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I know the three guys who own the PSA 10s, there are only three of them, and I know all, all three of them, 
And and Marshall Fogel has told me he's turned down offers of twenty five million dollars for his his mm. ten, which is he he claims is the best. And uh, from people, uh, Derek Grady Heritage has seen the through all three, and he thinks it is the best. Um, though he may not have seen one of the three, but at any rate, uh, he, Marshall's turned down. So it, it could be Simeon's right. Maybe at this point, fifty million dollars. The, the point is, the, the three owners are getting on there in years. So you are going to see w- within the five, ten years, there'll probably be a sale of one of those tens. And if that mm. gets fifty million, as Simeon says, you know, all bets are off for the and lift the tide of all the other mantles. I do recommend for your. Uh, investment seekers out and listening that to get the mid-grade mantles from the 50s and 60s those are still affordable and i think mm-hmm. as the uh, really high-end ones go for crazy amounts of money the mid-grade ones will turn out to be a really good deal and they're still pretty affordable relatively speaking particularly the 60s ones great stuff uh, i have a friend who has actually seen uh marshall's card oh. and he said it l- literally took his breath away yeah um a lucky man uh andy take us home bull prediction well i mean look there's four in, in the world of baseball and baseball cards there there's four names that will only go up from from now and 100 years from now it's wagner it's cobb it's shoeless joe and it's mickey mantle right and and you know 50 million for for a, a gym mint of a 52 tops i there there's no question that's a possibility i think we're only going to see that continue to rise and you know to david's point you know uh, don't tell our secret here but yeah you know if you're a collector you know mid-grade 50 mantles that's 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 the place to be right now uh that yeah some of them are expensive but but you'll you'll look back in a few years and go man that was not that expensive andy broom simeon Littman, david Seidman. um i've got 12 14 million dollars of spare cash why don't we pool our money and buy ourselves one of those tens when it goes up for sale you guys down <laughs> thank you so much Great. thank you alan thanks guys yeah thank you Whether it's a 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie card, a Tom Brady Playoff Contenders rookie card from 2000, or, I don't know, a Marv Throneberry card that came out of a Post cereal box in 1963, and yes, that's a thing. Certified Sports Guarantee will grade your sports cards quickly and accurately. A subsidiary of Certified Collectibles Group, CSG graded over 1 million cards in its first year plus on the sports collecting scene, the fastest any grading company has hit that mark. The speedy turnaround times provided by the knowledgeable, passionate team of expert sports car graders will make your CSG experience smooth, efficient, and most importantly, fair. Regardless of the athlete, the sport, or the condition of your card, CSG will treat it with the love and respect it deserves. For more information about CSG, visit CSGcards.com. That's CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. We hope you enjoyed Collect This, powered by CSG. Collect This was hosted, written, produced, engineered, and scored by Alan Goldscher. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at collectthis at csgcards.com. 